You're listening to The Author's Leverage, where it's all about your book and how to create a greater impact and a greater income with it. This podcast is for the author who knows there's more you can do with that book, whether you're publishing your first one ever or you've written multiple bestsellers. The path to greatness begins by looking around and seeing that you are at this moment standing right in the middle of your own acre of diamonds. My friends, your book is a brand. I'm Parshel Tashi, creative entrepreneur and education design architect, and I'll be your guide diving into the minds of successful authors, renowned publishers, and industry experts to glean practical wisdom you can integrate into your book writing, launch, and marketing strategies today. You'll hear straight from the source how authors like you were able to publish their best work and build wildly profitable, successful businesses around it. Welcome aboard The Author's Leverage. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Author's Leverage. On today's episode, I'm honored, thrilled, and so excited that uh, my friend and it's called the business growth guru, Cameron Harold, is joining me today. I'm excited to dive into his books, how he's uh, established himself and grown his business. And um, we're going to gain some insight, too, on how authors like you who are listening can leverage your expertise and your experience um, in a new way, right? It's a new day and a new age. So before we jump into that, let me introduce Cameron. Cameron is known by many leaders as the business growth guru. He is a top business consultant, best-selling author, and speaker. He's the mastermind behind hundreds of companies, exponential growth, and he's touched thousands of businesses and indirectly through his work, including mine. Uh, at age 21, he had 14 employees. By 35, he'd helped build his first $200 million companies. And by the age of 42, he engineered 1-800-GOT-JUNKS spectacular growth from $2 million to $106 million in revenue in just six years. And so, you know, his companies have landed over 5,200 media placements in some in those six years, including coverage on Oprah. And he's not simply a theory guy, but Cameron teaches what he knows from experience. And he's passionate about sharing that expertise with today's most dynamic business leaders. Uh, so I'm excited. Cameron, thank you so much for being with me and hanging out with me today. This is awesome. Hey, Parshall, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's funny, when, when you mentioned just leverage and, and the whole author's leverage, you and I met at Billy Jean's offices. He's a great marketer down in San Diego. And he was doing something related to leverage as well. And what he was doing was he created a studio. He realized that he was always talking to really cool people and interviewing really cool people, and but he didn't have enough people to share it with. And he thought, I could actually film this where I'm filming it right now, but I could have like a live audience sitting there at the same time. And he kind of leveraged you know, what he was doing into something else. And I think that's what all authors, all business authors, you know, need to think about is how do we take this content and IP that we've got and how do we have more passive income and, and you know more income coming off of it without without having to, to create more work for ourselves too? Absolutely, and you can bring up such a great uh, example of that uh, with Billy because he created an experience. Like that's mm -hmm. what was so unique about it um, was that the expertise and everything that was created was put into an experience. Yeah, my uh, one of my sons came down with me that day as well, and he got to sit there. That's and really, right. It was pretty formative for him actually. He really got inspired about business just being in there and, and being immersed in that experience as well. That was incredible. And in fact, I remember seeing you and your son because I was at a hotel nearby, just grabbing some coffee before heading into the office, and I saw you and your son walk by, and I thought. Oh my God, that's Cameron. And how cool it is that you were there with your son. And I thought, man, that's the dream to be able to do something like that with your family. 
that and that's another example of leverage, right? Like I, I just didn't want to always be on the road as a speaker because it can be a bit of a lonely road. But I thought if I can take some of my kids with me to occasional events, to mastermind groups that I'm in, to see me filming, filming courses, whatever, if they can be there along for the ride, they're going to learn, get inspired, and it doesn't take any time up and we get to spend time together. That's awesome. So look, yeah. everybody listening, you can leverage your expertise to spend more time with your kids too <laughs> and to give them really formidable experiences. So I love that. So you've actually authored five books yourself, yeah. uh, which is incredible. And and recently, uh, I know Vivid Vision, as well as a new course that you've came out with Invest Your Leaders, um, has really been taking off and doing a lot. So tell us a little bit about those experiences for you and what you've learned. Sure. And I had no desire to ever write a book. I really had never wanted to be a business author or hadn't even visualized myself writing a book. And 11 years ago, a couple of my coaching clients wanted more information from me. I was coaching CEOs of real companies, typically 50 to 500 employees on how to scale their businesses. And they wanted more of my ideas to share with their team. And so I, I started to write it all down. And my first book, Double Double, came out. And it did really well. It started getting me more speaking events and more notoriety and more press coverage. And, and then I started writing a couple of others. I've now written, as you mentioned, five books. Um, I co-authored The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs with Hal Elrod. And I co-authored Free PR with one of my former coaching clients. And I've been approached now five times by different outside organizations to film course content for them. I've actually got my sixth one being filmed next week. Got a guy named Danny Innie coming to film me at my home here in Vancouver. But I've filmed courses for Vern Harnish with Scaling Up and Gazelles. I filmed a course for Mike Dillard for his um, Self-Made Man podcast. I filmed one for um, uh, Mind Valley for Vishen Laklani with Mind Valley that they rolled out. My course, Invest in Your Leaders. So I've, I've now looked at how do I take my book content and create you know, online learning content, some with others so they can run it and manage it and just send me checks. And then with my own course, Invest in Your Leaders, it's just really great passive income for me as well. I love that. So how do you how do you distinguish between, uh, you know, self-publishing your own course versus, you know, having and, and working with someone else who takes the, the run? What are sort of the pros and cons that, you know, other leaders and authors can consider making that decision? Oh. One is, you know, how much time do you really have to do it all on your own and how much expertise do you really have to do it on your own? And is it worth you figuring that out and going through the pain in the ass of that or working with a partner or outsourcing to somebody who can help you build it or build it for you or partner with you? You know, as an example, um, some people are watching and some are listening, but, you know, this is an iPhone, right? And, and who makes the iPhone? Not Apple, right? Yeah. Apple has Apple has partnered with companies in China to make the phone. Apple is simply a marketer of the phone, but someone else makes the phone. So I didn't make my course. You know, even my Invest in Your Leaders course, I went into a coaching client's studio, Mike Arce, and Mike runs a company called Louderimer. He filmed all of my course content for me, produced it all, did all the editing, the post-production, stuff I have no idea how to do, no expertise he did all of that for me, and then he's now sharing it with all of his 700 clients, which is great exposure for me. And then someone on my team took all that content and uploaded it all into Thinkific and did all the pre-tests and post-tests and written content and tagging stuff. I don't know how to do, but they could do that for me. And, and it's all kind of been an iterative process, but had I tried to do it all myself, 
my course still would not have launched today, right? And it launched back in February, and I'm approaching a half million dollars in revenue, uh, you know, having launched back in February. And it takes no time for me because I, I built a course that has no community, no access to me. I didn't follow Jeff Walker's product launch formula. I'm friends with Jeff. I just created a great course with really great content that all companies can use. And it's there. It's self-guided. But you don't get access to me. That's coaching. That's not right. a course. Right. I love how simple it is because, uh, you know, you're saying, I don't know how to do all this stuff. And even even still, you didn't uh, exactly venture out. You didn't want to write a business book. And now it's like this whole, uh, you know, new business and opportunities emerged and blossomed. Well, so here's another example, though. I didn't write my my five business books. So my first one, Double Double, I talked all of the content and had it transcribed and had an editor kind of format it for me. And then I started giving feedback and it took about a year. Three of my books, I worked with Scribe Media. They used to be called Book in a Box. I'm actually an investor and an advisor to the company now. I love it so much. But they've helped me with three of my books, Vivid Vision, Meeting Suck, and Free PR, where they interviewed me and pulled all the content out of my mind and they created the books for me. It's all me, but they did 90% of the work. So working with someone like you on creating a course is a no-brainer for people because you already are really good at the stuff that they don't know how to do. And you don't have the content that they've got in their mind or in their book that needs to be created into a course. But, but the magic of that, two people can make it happen much faster and much simpler. And then the thought leaders can actually work on what's the highest ROI for them, which is building their brand and building more content. And, you know, but, but trying to learn, like, I remember when I met you and, and found out that you were good at filming and good at editing and good at creating course content and stuff. I was like, shit, I suck at all that. For real, right? That's like uh, that's, built, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, I've built lots of great companies, but I'm not good at that stuff. I'm not good at marketing. I have I have outsourced freelance companies that do all my marketing for my companies for me. So I decided I know what I'm really good at and I'll outsource everything except genius. But it doesn't mean, you know, the school system messed us up. The school system told us we have to study and learn it and be good at it and, and only do it by ourselves. So anybody thinking of doing a course... The school system is trying to tell you to do it yourself. No, you're supposed to cheat. You're supposed to get everybody to do it for you. You're supposed to find <laughs> the smart girl to do the filming and the smart kid to do the copywriting and the smart guy to upload it into the car. Like when you can get everybody to collaborate and you all get the A plus, you win. That's huge. And it, essentially with that way of approaching this, right, with the right delegation and the right people around you, you essentially just have to show up and teach. And that's sort of my, you know, my, my favorite part. I mean, I used to teach school as well. So literally I walked into the classroom. I looked at what was supposed to be, you know, I just needed to know what the topic was and I was ready to go and just yeah. showed up and taught, you know, I'll, I'll show I'll show you something. People that are watching will probably laugh when they see this, but that's the chair that I sat in when I filmed my course for Mind Valley. But they wow. had a seven, they had a seven person film crew here. They had blackout shades on the window, sound dampening for traffic. They had six different microphones, boom mics. They had a transcription person, somebody working a teleprompter, mm -hmm. a makeup girl. Like, I don't know how to do any of this shit. So I just sat and talked for like two days and they filmed me. And then we did every every piece of content twice and they did all the editing. And Mind Valley launches this course and I look like an expert. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Exactly. Now, there are a lot of authors and those that get into course creation that 
maybe they're just getting started or they don't have the resources to, you know, have a crew on site. We're getting ready to film tomorrow, actually, to do a course here in San Diego. Um, but for some, they would rather just figure it out on their own or, you know, film it themselves and go that route. So, you which, which still can work, right? Yeah, you can totally do that. Like if I was, had I not advanced as far as I had in my career to be able to have access to some of the resources or partners on things, I would have probably filmed with a video camera, a tripod using Big View as my trans my teleprompter off my phone or an iPad. There's ways to do it where it can still look pretty darn good. And don't worry about having the perfect course with the perfect videos. Just launch something that's a solid B minus, you know? No one actually cared in university or high school whether you really got an A plus. We thought they did, but no one's ever asked for our report card ever since. So it didn't matter if you got an A plus or a B minus, right? So if you launch your course as a B minus, that's good enough. And then listen to the viewers, listen to the students and, and next year do version two and do some editing. And then after you've made enough money, maybe you go into studio and you can film version three. When we built 1-800-GOT-JUNK for the first three years of building 1-800-GOT-JUNK until we had about 50 franchises we only had four pieces of marketing material. We had a truck, we had a sign, we had a door hanger, and we had business cards. That's it. Now they've got flyers and ads. And, but by, we were even on Oprah. When we were on Oprah for 1-800-GOT-JUNK, we still only had four pieces of marketing material. So we didn't try to create perfect. We tried to create pretty darn good. right? And I think that's what you have to remember with your course is just get something up and out the door and then get, get do something better next time and do something like version one, version two, version three, right? What are we on? Version 11 of the iPhone? Right. <laughs> if, if, they waited, if they waited 13 years to create the first iPhone, we'd still be waiting for it. So they launched version one and we all bought it. And then they launched version two. Now we want version 12. Like, Yeah, I think 13 with, is out now or some shit. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> right. and so same thing with your course, right? Just get the course that you're thinking about up and out the door as version one. And I would be working with somebody like you to do it so that I can actually get it done faster because the, the, the procrastination of doing it yourself and the trying to learn everything, you're going to create more time and more waste and more frustration. And then you bring all that back into your core business. That's pointless to me. I'm telling you, it really is. Now, I know that for a lot of uh, a lot of authors as well, you know, to me, creating courses is absolutely like the best way to leverage a book and your expertise. But there are other ways that, you know, authors are doing that. So are there any other ways that you've been able to leverage your your books and your expertise, you know, beyond, let's say, a course? Oh, sure. My um, I had my first book, Double Double. I gave it to a friend of mine, Tyler, and I asked him to take every chapter of the book and slice each chapter into 10 blog posts and upload them into WordPress in the draft folder and label them as as one dash one, one dash two, one dash three for like chapter one, post one, chapter one, post two. And he ended up with about 300 posts put into WordPress for me that were all done with a title and an image and the copy from my book that he just kind of copied and pasted and edited quickly. It took him about probably two weeks to do it. I paid him like $1,500. But for $1,500, he'd turn my book into 300 blog posts wow. for the next for the next two years, I was putting out a blog post every three days and it took me one minute to do it. Then you can take all those blog posts and you can have somebody in the Philippines or in Pakistan or in, you know, wherever 
and they can actually edit your blog post and take sentences and those can be put out into images and put out on Instagram or put out on Twitter, et cetera. So there's lots of ways to take your content and actually, you know, repurpose it. So you can take your course content, repurpose it as YouTube videos. You can, you know, it all becomes kind of circular. That's really powerful. And I, I love the way that you think because it's like uh, you're, you're very methodical and very well thought out in terms of how you can leverage what you've got going. Like what motivates you to, to do that and to think that way for like probably I waiting, everything. <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish because I didn't want to interrupt you because I'm I, I've always thought that way. I've always been the lazy kid who I'll, I'll give you an example of, of the lazy kid who was making more money than his hardworking friends. We lived on, we lived at a golf course on the second hole of the golf course. And, and when I was about 12, 13, I used to caddy and I'd get paid $20 to walk for five hours, you know, four bucks an hour to carry somebody's bag around the golf course. And then one day I saw there was a big hill on our golf course on the 13th hole. And everybody who wasn't getting a caddy, they hated having to walk up that hill with their bags. So one day I just went and took a lawn chair and I sat at the bottom of the hill with my book. And when a, a foursome came with their golf clubs, I hopped up and said, do you want me to pull your bag up to the top? And they said, sure. And I hustled their bag up to the top of the hill and they'd give me a buck. They'd say, I don't have any money, but I'll, I'll give you a buck later. So I was making $60 in five hours running bags up and down a hill and then reading my book because it takes 12 <laughs> minutes between foursomes. My friends are working hard for five hours, making 20 bucks. For me, there was like the leverage of, can I read? And like, I always want to find the shortcuts, the path of least resistance, or how do I, if I do one thing, how do I get four things from it? Right. If I'm going to go to a speaking event, how can I spend time with my kid? Right? Mm, mm. I used to think kind of like that as well. And, and usually sometimes it was, it was seen as a negative thing to be lazy, but that showed up as me with, as a kid where I would literally try to carry all the grocery bags in that in the house in one trip because I'm like I don't want to keep going back and forth you know it's just like that type of concept right I, I have so I, I live on a I have a three-story home and I um I have stairs that are in between the kitchen and the living room that go upstairs so on those stairs during the day stuff ends up getting put there because I <laughs> as I'm walking from here to the kitchen I bring something with me when I'm walking from the kitchen to here I bring something with me I know that stuff has to go upstairs for when I'm packing to go to Barbados in a week. So stuff ends up there. But as I walk upstairs tonight, everything on the stairs goes upstairs. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I'm, I'm always working through this efficiency. But I learned that from working in a restaurant, right? You don't go out of the kitchen without bringing something with you. Bring some extra dinner rolls. Someone needs them. Bring some butter. Someone needs it. Bring them more water. Someone needs it. And you don't go into the kitchen without bringing something in. Bring some dirty plate from some table. Right? If you're going to go into the kitchen, bring something with you. So that's, I think, leverage. I was just taught that or learned that, or, and now it's just become very intuitive. That's why I don't understand why, again, I keep going back to this course, but working on your own course, doing it all on your own is like a fly trying to get out a window. Mm. You can work really hard and keep banging your head on the window, but you're going to end up dead on the windowsill. Or you can look around and go, oh, there's an easier way I can go out the door. Well, there's an easier way to get your course done and out the door faster so you can be making more money, grow your brand, build your reputation, have your, like, it, it's partnering. It's, it's by getting someone else to make your Apple phone instead of Apple 
the biggest company on the planet doesn't even make their own phones, right? They've found leverage in having people to make phones. 100%. That's such a great example and a way to, to see uh, really what's possible, right? We don't, we're not as limited as we think we are, and our answers are right among us, right, and the people that we're connected with. Yeah, and it is, again, it's the school system that really hurt us because the school system for whether we went to grade school, kindergarten to grade 12, or through college, whatever, we've got 10, 12, 16 years of conditioning being told, no, you have to do it on your own. You have to do it by yourself. You have to figure it out by yourself. You can't work as a group. You can't like, why the fuck not? Why, why can't we collaborate? Right? Yeah. So. And have a, a group grade, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> Instead of it's, individual. It's, yeah, it just drives me bonkers, right? So I think if we do find those those people whose unique abilities are, you know, I, I recognize that in marketing is my unique ability is not marketing, but I can find really great marketers who are really great at marketing, but they don't have anything to market. I got stuff to market. You can market my course. So I, the marketing for my invest in your leaders course starts next week. I'm super excited. Hawk wow. Media, is, Yeah. Hawk media is redoing the landing page for invest in your leaders. They're starting up all the marketing for it all. They've got a, a marketing company of 230 employees. Mm. They're way better at marketing. They're, <laughs> they've stopped doing stuff that I haven't even learned about yet. You know, like, so yeah, it's going to really, really, and now I'm taking 10% of my revenue from the course and I'm putting that into marketing. So it's just going to become this funnel, this that I can turn up the dial. That's powerful. That's powerful. Mm. All right. It's time for a short break. Let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Are you an author and ready to leverage your book? Maybe you have a great idea for a course or program, but you need help fleshing it out with someone and making sense of what you have. If that's you, I want to invite you to schedule a free half hour strategy session with me. We'll take a look at your content together, talk about your goals, and I'll provide my professional and honest recommendations. No salesy stuff or surprises. So to schedule a call, visit theauthorsleverage.com forward slash course strategy. All right, now back to the show. Now, who, who else are you, when you consider other authors and other leaders in a number of spaces, who are you most impressed with in terms of, you know, their ability to share the expertise in a way that's exciting and it's multi-layered and, you know, a lot of different ways that they've leveraged their experience, whether... Well, if, if I didn't mention Gary V, I would be completely remiss, right? I've known Gary for about 12 years, spectacular business person. He has the ability to be omnipresent because he creates content, doesn't worry about it being perfect, republishes it in six, 60 different places, right? Um, that's super powerful. Tim Ferriss, who I've been close friends with for 13 years, he wrote the four-hour work week. Tim has stayed at my home. I took him to Burning Man for his first time. Tim has a really good way of, of taking his content and turning it into books taking his books, turning it into posts, posts into blogs, podcasts. Like he's really good at becoming very omnipresent. Simon Sinek, who um, Simon was on our board of advisors at 1-800-GOT-JUNK five years before he wrote his book, Start With Why, five years before his TED Talk. Simon's done a spectacular job at taking an idea that he had when he ran his marketing agency in New York. That's when I met him in 2003. He took this idea of kind of core purpose concentric marketing and turned it into a business concept and then wrote a book and did his, or did his TEDx first, then did his book. I introduced him to his first speakers bureau, speaker spotlight, and he's turned that into a speaking career. He's now getting paid a hundred thousand dollars for his speaking. So he's done a really good job at taking a one concept and turning it into an entire brand. There's lots of those though, you know? 
There are. And I love it because um, the the book or the experience itself, however it's published, it's like that's the tool that creates the attention. Right. Because nobody's mm-hmm. making tons of money from their book. Right. It's what's happening after it. So the book is creating a certain level of attention and, you know, uh, people sort of raising their hand or being interested. And it's what you yeah, do with people, that attention that matters. Right. Right. People used to say that a book is like the new business card. And then I saw recently someone said a book is like the new college degree. And I agree that mm-hmm. if you don't have a, if you don't have a business book written, you're really missing out. But you're right. Most business authors don't make enough money. I make enough money off my books. That's great. Um, so, so they're good. They're, I make good money every month off them all. It's, but, but yeah, the leverage that comes off of that. Now I'm making great money off the course. Um, and, and the book can turn into speaking, et cetera. I just did a, an interview this morning, um, a speaking event this morning. I was paid to do the speaking event while I was doing it the entire time. My QR code for my course was in the bottom left-hand corner and I've made course sales because people saw me speaking and wanted to buy the course. Like it becomes very hmm. circular and it's a good way to make money. I, I hate saying that make money in your sleep because it takes a long time to get to the night before you go to sleep. Right. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> no, but that, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, you mentioned speaking as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sort of, because that's a great idea having a QR code that's visible while you're speaking to, to, you know, to, to sell and to, you know, give people that next step. So how, how can authors also, you know, leverage the speaking stage and other platforms, right? Podcasts, um, you know, as well. And then any, any speaking opportunities that come up. Well, too. I'm going to give you a real ex- great example of leverage. And I spoke about it in my book, free PR that Anytime you're covered in the press, whether it's a podcast you're on or a newspaper that writes about you or a magazine or a blog or TV or whether you're on Oprah, whatever that press coverage you get, think, let's say I got five different press outlets to cover me. I think of that as like having five logs, five wood logs just sitting in a pile. They don't do anything. They're just sitting there. They're five logs. We have to light those logs on fire, right? I have to take the stories and do something with the story. So I want to put them on my press page of my website. I want to share the links on social media three to five times on Facebook, three to five times on LinkedIn, push it out on Medium and Quora. I want to email out my press links to my clients once a quarter. And I want to have my CO Alliance members see it once a quarter. I want my employees to share it on social media. So now I've lit the logs on fire. But then when I was a kid and we made a fire, you probably did the same thing. You like to pour, you pour gas on the fire, right? I want to see what shit does. So now how do I pour gas on that press fire? I drive traffic to it. So I actually drive potential customers to my press and go, Hey, look at what Forbes said about me. Hey, look at what fortune wrote about me. Hey, look about what American airlines wrote about me. Hmm. And then all of a sudden people go, Whoa, you're everywhere. Not really. I'm just making sure that you see it. And, right. And then I have retargeting set mm-hmm. up and the retargeting are things to my course. And they go, wow, I see you everywhere. You're on social media. You're getting all this important press and I'm seeing your ads for your course. I should probably buy that. Wow. That I hope everybody yeah. took notes on that one, because right. that that's pretty much like <laughs> an amazing plan right there and how to go that's, step by step. That's an MBA. That's actually an MBA on PR um, because it's called the digital trifecta. And it's how to leverage owned media, earned media, and paid media so that you get the convergence of those three. Because if you just think that if I have a course, everything will happen, nope. 
If I have a book, everything will happen. Nope. If I do speaking, everything will happen. Nope. If I get pressed, but it's, if, can you start to tie those together and get leverage off of those? And how do you get them done and out the door quickly? That's when you win. Hmm. You know, some, a lot of authors now are thinking ahead, right? As they're writing their books, they're already considering down the line what they can really do. I mean, I've, I've got your books right here. The ones that are my favorites, free PR, vivid vision. Um, if you, if you were rewriting these again from start, knowing what you know today, what would you do differently? Well, yeah, what you, what you just said is I would embed in the books, I would mention my course, right? I would have written, I would have done my course 10 years ago. I did my course 10 years too late. I've left millions of dollars on the table. So I've been paid to speak in 26 countries. Over 800 times I've been paid to stand on stages and speak to audience and I had no course to sell them. Wow. I've left millions of dollars on the table. I would have written in the books, go to my website or go to get this free asset so I could grab their email addresses and I could be retargeting them. Putting it. Like I would be using the book as a tool. And Tim Ferriss does a good job with that, um, where you drive people to where you want. You still have to give good value, but, but can you use that as a tool to bring them into the rest of your funnels? Mm-hmm. I love that. And for those that have books out now, if they already have a book, there's there's still a potential now because now with uh, Amazon publishing and Kindle publishing, I mean, you can just upload a brand new manuscript and update your shit right now. <laughs> you shit right now. So yeah, what I'm actually, what I'm getting ready to do is to um, record the audio books in my own voice. Wow. So that when, so that when I do an, an, an edit or an update, I can just edit the paragraph and I can splice it into the audio. Because uh, right now I have to pay an author to go and reread the whole darn book because mm. they won't do edits. So, yeah, you mm. learn, learn along. And that's why you work with a partner is because the partners will tell you this before you learn from your mistakes. That's so true. I, this, uh, I'm learning so much from this. Um, and I'm hoping that authors and other people listening to are taking notes as well. So what what other advice would you share with authors that you feel like they're not seeing that they're completely overlooking when it comes to, you know, marketing and promoting their books and getting more, getting even more attention to it. What, what do you wish that they would, uh, were more aware of? Um, one is to learn to speak in sound bites that our audiences have a short attention span and you need to be able to kind of connect with them. So try to be able to take the content of your book and hit them with sound bites or take the reasons you want them to buy it and hit them with sound bites would be one. Another one is like, I'll give you a lesson that I learned from my, my speaking. Anytime I do a speaking event, every single person in the audience gets a copy of my book for every event. So what happens is two weeks after I land the event, I go back to them and I say, ah, darn, I totally forgot to ask you about books. No, I I didn't really forget. I just do it on purpose. I go back to them two weeks later and I say, how many people will be at the event? I can give you a copy of one of my books that I feel is the best one. I can give you a copy of Double Double for everybody in the audience for $10, including shipping. And because I self-publish, I make about a net of about seven. Half the groups pay me for that. The other half say, no, we got no budget. So I go back to them and I go, I'll tell you what, I'll do it for $5, including shipping. I'm not going to make any money off of it, but I want everybody to have a book. About 25% say yes. 25% are like, dude, we have no money left. Like you just, you're charging us 30 grand to speak. We can't pay for another book. So I'm saying, I'll tell you what, I'm sending everybody a book. How many people, where do I ship them? Hmm. So I get paid $10 for half, $5 for a quarter, 
zero. I'm making about $5 per book, but everybody in the audience is always getting a book. I've been doing that for eight years. That's been really powerful. Oh my right? gosh. Just, yeah. And, and inside of the book, are they pointed to a course as well or something on the back end or is it more? Well, not yet. No, <laughs> it's coming because now it's, <laughs> Now it's all of my social media and my, you know, my redirects, my comments. I'm bringing up a book on everything. Um, but we did a soft launch of it in February, and then we start the marketing of it in a week. Wow. Wow. There's so many exciting things coming up for you. <laughs> which, which are you most excited about that you would say? On the business side? Yeah. Um, I would say it's, the, it's probably the marketing of the course. Uh, I think there's a lot of passive income that can come there. There's a lot of traction that can come there. What I'm really focusing on is building the COO alliance. It just doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not what your target audience would really care about for companies that are typically 50 to 500 employees. Um, but I think the course will really drive a lot of exposure for the business, drive a lot of exposure for my second in command podcast, drive a lot of exposure for the COO alliance. Um, and it's passive income. It requires no time. It's very scalable. It's getting really great reviews. So I'm excited about that. Me too. And I'm, uh, I, I highly, highly recommend uh, that those that are listening, check out and connect with Cameron and what he's doing. Cameron, where, where are some of the best places that they can go and sure. uh, connect with you and check that stuff out? Yeah, so definitely check out the course. It's investinyourleaders.com. Um, there's also links to it from my Cameron Herald website or the COO Alliance website. Check out the Second in Command podcast. We're getting about 50,000 uh, listens monthly per episode right now, so that's pretty huge. And then all of my books, all five books are available on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Awesome. Cameron, you are such a huge inspiration to so many people. I know that you know that, but I'm just saying it again because it's worth saying. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you, you being here. So as we, as we wrap up this conversation, I would love for you to share your take on what, it, what the author's leverage means to you and any other parting words of advice you would have for those that are listening in. I think what it means to me, and, and by the way, I'm going to drop Billy Jean an image of the two of us doing this interview on your podcast. So he knows okay. that. So uh, again, more leverage, right? Um, so, so what it means to me is that you have an opportunity to not be the fly banging your head on the window. Like there is a better way. The better way is to get to work with someone like a partial and the author's leverage to get your course done and out the door, so that you can get that income happening, so that you can grow your brand. It's just, it's that no brainer is to collaborate and work with a trusted resource to get it done and out the door. Momentum creates momentum, not perfection. Hmm. I love that. That's so awesome. Cameron, thanks again. So good to see you and hang out with you today for a bit. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone else tuning in as well. This has been the author's leverage. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Author's Leverage. You can subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, do me a favor. If you found this helpful, leave us a review and share this episode with someone it could help along their journey. Check out more resources. Visit theauthorsleverage.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.